0: Here's one of the things that, that we do in the podcast, so this is a bit of a warm-up mm. for you. There is a part of the show that's called mm. The Floor is Yours. Right. So we let our guests talk about whatever is on their mind, free form, whatever's mm. on your mind at this moment, which is, without further ado, The Floor is Yours.
1: I guess what's on my mind at the moment is, probably as it pertains to our industry, the hundreds of emails that I've received over the past three months since I put my call out for women and men to name names when it comes to sexual harassment in our industry and you know I've just been overwhelmed by the response I've received because I've been talking about sexual harassment in our industry and in business generally for years and I've always known it's bad but I just never knew it was this bad and so I think you know what's on my mind most at the moment is you know I am really in the process of trying to persuade people to go on the record and to speak up and and so I'm actually where names and agencies have come up more than once I am making the people who have brought them up aware of that because they feel there is safety in numbers and And just really very keen to make sure that we are able to break these stories in the right kind of way so that we can end this in our industry once and for all. And I guess, you know, what I would just say attached to that, because um, there there can be a lot of misunderstanding of, of this whole area. And by the way, I'm hearing from men as well as from women. I'm hearing from men who have been sexually harassed by powerful gay men in our industry. And I'm hearing from men who watch sexual harassment happen and do nothing about it and now feel guilty and want to put that right. And I think the important thing to say is that the issue here is the power dynamic. Because what you will hear particularly from men is, we work in an industry that is creative, that is free-flowing, that is edgy. Oh my god, now all this is happening, we're all going to be afraid to say... You know, and that's absolute bollocks. Because the issue is that when we have gender equality and equality of power, which we do not have currently, then we can absolutely banter and talk and joke and come up with ideas in an entirely welcome and diverse and inclusive environment and that is not what we have at the moment. We have an imbalance of power and by the way the people with whom sexual harassment manifests are often people who also manifest sexism bias and racism because all of those things go hand in hand when you have an abuse of power by the people who hold most of it and so that's what's on my mind right now.
0: I know I'm not asking for a forensic uh, assessment of this and there's that Madmen pastiche, shall we say? But where did this start, and where does it end?
1: This ends very, very easily, uh, and and again, this is something I've been talking about for um, a while, um, and I spoke about it most recently in my closing keynote for the Three Percent Conference, you know, a couple of months ago. It's really easy to end this, and it's really easy to end it by addressing the two ways it started. Okay, the first point is. All of this ends when we have an industry that has set out deliberately and consciously to make itself gender equal at every single level of the industry, okay, from the top to the bottom, and that is because sexual harassment magically disappears in gender equal working environments at every level of company. For two reasons, by the way. Um, first of all, when you no longer have a male-dominated workplace or work environment, you no longer have the implicit bro endorsement that says it's okay to behave like that. And secondly, when you have a gender-equal or ideally more female than male, because it's been the other way around for long enough, it's about time you know we tip the balance, uh, what that means is that when men are surrounded, every minute of every day by lots of brilliant women with whom they are interacting as professionals on an equal basis. Men then cease to see women in one of only two roles, girlfriend or secretary. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing that started all of this is a male-dominated work environment. The thing that ends it is a gender-equal or more female-than-male work environment. And then the second thing that started it and, and ends it is ironically, exactly what I'm addressing with my own venture, Make Love Not Porn, which is when we do not talk about sex, you know, we all have it, we all enjoy it, we we don't talk about it, we're all utterly messed up as a society when it comes to talking about sex. What we then do not have is we do not have a universally and openly discussed, promoted, understood, operated, and very importantly, aspired to gold standard of Good sexual values and good sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. We have gold standards of good behavior and good values in all other areas of life. You know, we have good manners. We have etiquette. We have, you know, decency. We have dignity. We have respect. You know, not in this area. And so, um, this is why I say, by the way, Doug, that it's only when we bring sex into the office in the form of openly discussed Good sexual values, good sexual behavior, that you then end sexual harassment.
0: It's interesting, because you think that's counterintuitive, and everyone just freaks out. It, it, there's this puritanical thing. It it doesn't oh, really exist no, anywhere.
1: Uh, no, the point I make is, you know, many of us, if we're fortunate, are born into families where our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, a sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. But they should, because there. are Empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty are as important as they are in every other area of our lives and our work where we are actively taught to exercise those values. And so I live my own philosophies. Um, I design Make Love Not Porn Around Them. You know, one of my philosophies is that everything in life and business starts with you and your values. Mm-hmm. And so I regularly ask people this question. What are your sexual values? And no one can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. And so right. when parents... But you know, I mean, obviously, by the way, again, this is what I'm out to achieve. This is Make Love Not Porn's social mission. When we have a world where parents begin bringing their children up openly to have good sexual values, good sexual behavior, in the same way they currently bring them up to have good values and good behavior in every area of life, we then cease to bring up rapists, harassers, abusers, because the only way you end all of that is, as I say, when you openly instill in society this universally understood and adhered to code of what are good sexual values, good sexual behavior.
0: Can this be brought into the advertising industry at this moment right now, and how could it be achieved? Because if we're going to be open about this, everyone's like, mm. ooh, I don't mm. know, mm. Ugh, that's, all this is going on.
1: The way we can do that, Doug, and here's, again, the enormous irony about even having to say this about our industry, the way we can do that is by being creative about it. Okay. Okay. So we do not change anything by corporate statements. We'll be getting lots of those. Okay. There's um, lots of those. Zero tolerance. for. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is not how you change this. You change this by being creative about how you change it. And also, uh, very importantly, I mean, again, this is also part of my, um, you know, key philosophies, about being interactive about it. And, and about inviting your agency, your community, your holding company to, to, to be creative about it as well. And so, you know, I, um, I regularly say, because I have to say this all the time because we keep doing it, you know, I regularly say, you know, I don't want to see ads about... Me too. I don't want to see yeah, about quality, diversity, whatever it is. You know, I don't want to see stunts about it. I don't want to see beautiful pieces of video content about it. I want to see it actually happening and being lived. Don't talk diversity. Be diverse. Don't shoot something powerful about Me Too. Stop sexually harassing. And so, I want to exhort our industry to bring its creativity to bear on. How do we change this? And by the way, I, I particularly would love to see the women of our industry bring their creativity to bear because that's what's being stifled by all of this. And so, and so I think there's an opportunity. And in a way, I would love to see women and men you know, be creative about it in a very sneaky and subversive fashion because that's what I do, by the way. So when I work with my consultancy clients, okay, I run workshops that are designed to deliver a very specific outcome that the participants in the workshop have no idea is the purpose of the workshop. So without um, naming names, because I I have to keep clients confidential, but a couple of years ago, I ran a very large workshop actually for a group of 60 people, for somebody who had recently taken over at a very large um, media company and had a specific vision for that company and wanted to rally the staff behind that vision but particularly wanted them to bring their own creative potential to bear to achieve it. And their fear was that this might have been stifled in the past under the old management. And so I was asked to design a day-long workshop, and I designed an exercise, a group exercise, I mean they're breakout groups and they came back together, which appeared to have nothing to do with this agenda, but actually had everything to do with it. In the same way that I was actually approached last year by an agency, and again, I'm not going to name any names, but a member of the leadership team in this agency asked me to design a workshop that would be about leadership, but was actually intended to try and bring the leadership team closer together and get more team working going, which was not happening in the agency at the time. And I put a proposal together, which um, the person who commissioned me absolutely loved, but uh, in the end did not progress because of other things going on, which Mm -hmm. is a huge shame, actually. I use those examples of what I mean when I say be sneaky and subversive, Okay, It's a difference in our industry between um, input and takeout,